What's going on? It's me. I'm back off vacation, fresh and dark with the tan. Welcome to my show. It's Keyshawn Undisputed presents All Facts, No Breaks podcast. Joining me today is a former defensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams, a two-time Super Bowl winning coach, my homeboy, my former coach with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, my former, well, I don't want to say former worker with the New York Jets, but Raheem Morris, the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, used to work with me in the equipment room while I was a player with the New York Jets, and he was a, I don't want to call him a water boy. What should I, what should I call you? What should I call you, Raheem? Man, what, was was that, a, what was that title? I was an intern. I was a minority intern um, that got a coach to come across with the, uh, the, 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 the first Paulus Alliance um, and how we started that whole group and uh, being able to add minority interns um, to training camp. So basically, um, I was able to get your water, um, and I would get your water. <laughs> no, no, no. Raheem was just a puppy straight out of Hofstra University in Long Island, New York, Keyshawn Jr., where we practiced at. You was just a little little baby, a little puppy, but Raheem was running around the locker room, you know, causing problems or whatnot. Now he is the official head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. I got my son on here with me now, Raheem. So I see. I, you know, come on, man. The NFL is not the only place that nepotism takes place. We do it in hey, TV, too. Hey, this this is a grown man that is going to make his own way. I can tell that off the jump. Um, Well-documented, well-known. I've seen the father, Keyshawn, come out many times in my time in L.A., so I know what that's about. Um, the maturity change. I know you got to have your TV personality on right now, but the maturity level of the grown man that I see um, that has his son right here makes me – um, not proud, that's the wrong word, but it makes me uh, it makes me happy to see you doing the things you've done. You know what, Raheem? I, as I tell people all the time, I don't play football anymore. So I don't have to have a certain edge as if I'm playing football. Like, I could I could be a dad. I could do certain things. You know, when, when coaches see you in between the white lines or in that building, they see a different person than when you're outside the building because outside the building as a coach you don't get to hang out with us you just kind of you're the coach and when in Tampa Bay you're a coach you ain't you're not hanging out with me I'm going somewhere to the right you're going somewhere to the left mm -hmm. and so the things that you might see on the football field is totally different than in normal everyday life so your public perception of one person is different than the private perception you know the best part for me Keyshawn with all that being said is watching um, the level uh, what you speak of, you know, I remember being you being a player and you having um, the demonstrative, uh, physical, um, all the cool words that coaches bring up. Right. When they talk about describing the dog. Right. That's that's who you were. Um, but I watched it transition to the off the field dad and father and and, and husband and, and really the overall man that you are. Um, and those are the things to me and what people don't know or don't see. Um, and, 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 and it's good that your son's on to be able to explain that to the people that listen to your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about you. First off, congrats, coach, on being the, the new head coach. Um, there were a whole bunch of happy people around the league when the news dropped um, that the Falcons hired you. Let's take a look at some of these reactions. So B. John Robinson said, praise God. Now let's rock. Jalen Ramsey said Falcons got one of, if not the best coach in the NFL for real. Uh, the veteran quarterback, cornerback 
Robert Alford said, let's go. My dog in the A now. This is the mood all year. So how are you feeling and what excites you most about this team? You know, uh, young Keyshawn, man, it, it's funny because um, me and your dad, you know, we're older. So we, we, we kind of stray away from social media. And I didn't really get a chance to, to hear it all or see it all. I got a chance to get it secondhand or right now seeing it for the first time on X or post or whatever the case may be. Um, it makes you feel good because you see, you see the amount of lives that you've been able to touch um, throughout your career. And you've been fortunate enough to be around um, great players. You've been fortunate enough to be around players who make differences in lives. Uh, you've been fortunate enough to be around people that go out there and give everything to this game. And for those guys to say, uh, really neat things or good things about you uh, when you talk about you making some progressive steps and moving forward to be a head coach. Um, it really makes you happy. It really makes you excited. It makes you excited. Uh, and it really makes you want to go out there and give it even more for, um, to make people right. Did you ever imagine that you would be back in Atlanta, Raheem? Um, you know, I, I, Key, I, I've done such a good job and not to brag or not to have any type of arrogance of, of not uh, what, 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 what do you mean, not to brag and arrogance? That's what you're doing. It's okay. No, but it, it is, but it's not. It's not going to come across as that type of arrogance. It, it's more that I pride myself on leaving places um, in high regard, you know. And no matter what the, the overall outcome was, um, everybody, you could always have a chance to appreciate my process. You can have a chance to appreciate what I was about. Um, and I was always kind of, you know, really honest. Um, about whatever the job was at hand. So to say that I knew I would come back to the Falcons, I can't sit here and say yes. Um, but what I would tell you is I, I am absolutely ecstatic that it happened. And I knew that the people that I left, I left in good standing. I left with a, a good name. Uh, I left letting these people know that I would do everything that I could to win a championship here. Um, and, and that's why I'm here back again. So, you know me, I always got something sarcastic to say, especially Please to you, do. whether whether do. whether we at dinner or wherever we're at together. 15 years ago, you were not ready, in my opinion, to be a head coach in the National Football League. You know, you had a nice season. You did okay. But you were still a kid. You was just, you know, you was basically pushed into that role after the, at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers decided to make you the defensive coordinator. And then 24 hours later, you was a head coach because they got tired of Gruden's bullshit and hired you. 15 years later, do you think that you, you know, what, wh why would it be different this time around than it was the first time? You know, Keyshawn, that's, that's a really simple answer. Um, and I'll, I'll put this on you because you're right, right? When, when are you ready to be a head coach? Like nobody knows uh, when you're ready to be a head coach. You get thrust into these roles and then you go out there and you try to execute, right? And then, like, I thought, like, back then, there was a frantic urgency to try to figure out what the job at hand entailed and what you needed to do. And we're able to do it for a short term and win a, um, that one season where to win games, right? But we couldn't maintain it because we didn't build it and do it the right way. And I think now, uh, over the last 15 years or whatever it's been exactly, um, I think I've dedicated myself um, to finding ways and learning and maturing and getting different skill sets in order to make sure that I'm ready for the next opportunity when it presented itself and being able to go to the offensive side of the ball, being able to coach in the defense side of the ball, being able to call it in two different worlds, go to a Super Bowl in Atlanta and lose, go to a Super Bowl in, out there in LA and win one, being able to work with the greatest offensive minds in our game, whether you're talking about Kyle Shanahan, whether you're talking about Sean McVay, or even back in the day with John Gruden and what his perception was when he was doing his offense, whether you disagree or not. It really oh, no, matter. I disagree, but that's okay. That's me. 
And it's fine. Like, I just think like it was me just having a chance to build myself and be around great people that whole time. Right. Um, I didn't even mention Mike Tomlin, who was the guy that um, has done it that whole last 15 years that you've been able to watch firsthand, being able to be behind those curtains and talk with him and get all walks of life on how you want to move forward and do the next step in what you want to do. So I think all of those learning experiences is what you grow from, right? Along with some of your failures, right? Well-documented, right? We did not win enough games in Tampa for me to maintain or keep that job. And I think that's something that you got to look yourself in the mirror and really be honest about. And when you get a chance to go do it again, find a way to make that right and correct it. So like by you saying not ready, I don't think that's a knock. I think that's no, just not a knock your, at all. Not a knock at all. I think that's just you being your authentic, honest self, you know, like, and you know, like, um, I wish you would have told me that when I was 32, because uh, I would have certainly listened and been able been and, and and been more apt to do some different things, maybe in how we walk that walk. But you probably wasn't ready for that either. But now you are, right? Yeah, so like, ab- you absolutely. Like that. You know, that's like you, a good thing. You know, the thing about it though, like you said, it's not a knock. I recognize at 32 years old, regardless of your age or not, you was pushed into that role. That wasn't you wasn't interviewed months in advance and weeks in advance and your name was the hottest name in the coaching circle. Like you wasn't prepared. All of a sudden you inherited a staff, you inherited, you didn't get a chance to bring in your coordinators, bring in your coaches. So all that is understandable. I believe in my heart of hearts, not because I know you, but I believe Atlanta the first time around when you were an interim coach, you started off, it was mixed reviews, but it wasn't your team. You took over for somebody. I thought they should have hired you then. I honestly did. I was like, man, they need to just give him the job and let him do it his way. They didn't do that. And then they came back a second time around and said, okay, we we know that he's ready for this job. Think about your time in Atlanta. It was a receiver coach. Then you was a defensive coordinator. Then you all of a sudden is head coach. I mean, like, that's a lot of movement to in, for one guy in one short period of time to try to get a grasp and then turn it into something? No, but now when you go to Atlanta, all you got to do is find a quarterback, in my opinion. You don't need to say anything. That was me that's talking. Don't say anything, Raheem. You get you a quarterback, I think you're going to be all right. I said it. You didn't say it. You don't need to say anything. I said it for you. Hey, you know, Key, it's like uh, I I don't blame Atlanta three years ago for not uh, making me the head coach, right? Things happen for a reason. Things happen for the right reasons, right? There's a reason you came to Tampa – and, and put us in position to win a Super Bowl, right? Um, that's what had happened. It's a, it a reason that I went out to L.A. Um, to be put in a position with Sean McVay to go have an opportunity to go all in and win a Super Bowl and be a part of the lessons learned and to be able to bring back a different dynamic to get me ready more for Atlanta, right? So, like, coming back, going full circle, like, I, that's what I value and that's what I appreciate the most. And, like, um, I, I certainly respect other people's opinion when it comes to whether I should have got the first time or not. But for me, I, I've never was that bitter guy. I've always been that guy that's pushing forward and knowing like, hey, things happen for a reason. And when the next opportunity shows itself, I'm going to present my best self. Mm-hmm. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well. Let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house. 
whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Well, you're the first black head coach in Falcons franchise history now. Can you talk about what that means to you, especially being in a city like Atlanta with so much black culture and history? You know, Keyshawn Jr., this, this this is not even about me. It's not about your dad. This is about you, uh-huh. right? This is, to me, it's about uh, my son, my son, Jalen, right? Knowing that you can do potentially anything you want to do when you put your mind to it, right? Knowing that uh, you can you can make this thing happen and not just with nepotism with your pops, right? Knowing that if you decide, you decide uh, whatever you want to do is, is possible. The history of being the first black head coach in Atlanta um, that is unbelievable. That is an outstanding achievement. Um, but it's not about me. It's about the people before us. It's about the people then and really the present, right? And, and letting guys know um, you got an opt to do some really good stuff, great stuff. You know, this year they they hired four minority head coaches. Now, I, Antonio Pierce, obviously, Gerard Mayo, yourself, but I didn't even really, Dave Canellis, I didn't realize he was considered part of the minority group, but uh, I guess I didn't know that. Now I do. When you look at that, though, it's the most in one single season, one single season to bring in that many minorities to, to take over in the National Football League. Do you think that this is, the, the, the times are changing, but do you think they t- that they're changing some, Raheem? You know, uh, Keyshawn, it's hard to say um, that times are changing because you, 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 we're, we're too smart, right, to, to say that, right? We're we're too well evolved to say that. But what I what I did say, Keyshawn, the, the the best part about the process in this year was I don't think it was even brought up of a lack of or um, um, a lack of uh, commitment to hiring, um, you know, people of different ethnic groups, color, race, whatever, creed. <sighs> It, that wasn't brought up. You know, what was brought up it was brought up putting the best coaches in position um, for these jobs. And it just so happened um, it was the most hired. And I think the process has gotten better. It obviously still needs work, but I think it's gotten better. And I think the hard work behind everybody involved, whether you're talking about Roger Goodell, Troy Vincent, whether you're talking about the first problems alliance, John Wooten, um, any of these people. I mean, you can go further. Doug Williams, whether you're talking about, you know, uh, any Terry Robisky, any of these people that I know have been put in position to talk about and be a part of and the hiring process and how you want to go about your structure. I think it's definitely getting more helpful, right? Obviously, it's always room to grow. It's always places we can go. It's always places, things, other things we can do. But it's certainly getting better, and it's certainly uh, paying off the efforts for all the hard work that people have put into it. You know, most coaches, Raheem, that were coordinators, 
both on offense and for the most part, successful defensive coordinators, they like to call it themselves when they get a head coaching opportunity and a head coaching job. You brought in Jimmy Lake, former head coach of University of Washington, as a defensive coordinator. But will you call it? Will you call it? No, Keith. Um, I want my coordinators to do their job. And I want those guys to get out there and to be ingrained in the game and to be selfish. And that will allow me to be on both sides of the ball to make critical and important decisions for us to move forward. Will I chime in? Of course. I'll chime in on offense, defense, special teams, whatever. And that's just because of the background and the amount of um, knowledge I've been able to gain throughout the years. Right. Your dad, Keyshawn, sits down with me at uh, any restaurant in L.A. and he'll tell me exactly what I did wrong on almost every single play. Really? Why would would I want to be like him? Yeah. You know, you know, Key, like he 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 shoots you straight. I mean, what is this thing called? No breaks. I mean, he's (laughs) just called Keyshawn's life because that's who he's always been. Right. So like um, with that type of feel, um, with this, with the amount of knowledge and the stuff that you gain, I don't want to limit myself to get caught up in missing a moment of the game, right? You're always able to help. You're always being a part of both game plans. You always want to be a part of all three fa- phases of your ball, all phases of your life. You always want to be able to move in a certain attitude, in a certain way. Um, and you want to move that way in order to get guys in a position to win football games, right? Um, people give themselves way too much credit because they call it three deep. Right. And then as opposed to it being a collaborative thought process about how we want to try to win this game. And because that's the most important one. You hear that, though, Keyshawn? Hmm. Raheem, a head coach in the National Football League, Super Bowl champion, two time Super Bowl champion, listens listen to me. To you. And, but you won't fucking listen to me, but he listens to me. Uh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> like, seriously. Question. Okay. Uh, so the biggest question uh, of the Falcons offseason is who will be QB1? The one player that continues to be linked to the team is Justin Fields, who recently went on the St. Brown's Brothers podcast and had this to say. Take a listen. You're from Georgia, right? Yeah, I'm from Georgia. What do you think about Atlanta? Like, you like you like Atlanta? Atlanta would be tough. I, the only con of going back home is just people hitting my phone crazy. Yeah, you know, wanting tickets to the game. But I mean, uh, I think I think they got a lot of play mag- playmakers on the team. And, um, of course, Bijan, they got my boy Kyle, and then, of course, Drake, too. Um, they probably need one more receiver, but um, they definitely got some guys over there. And their defense was good this year, too. Yeah, they so. defense last year. Yeah. yeah. Last Jesse year and, and this year, yeah. Jesse went crazy this yeah. year. Oh, my God. Sound like he found his quarterback to me, but I ain't, you know, ain't no tampering. You, 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 you be careful. So, Raheem, what are your thoughts on Justin Fields and his comments? You know, obviously, uh, you can't talk about players on the contract, uh, right? And, and like we talked about, you talk about acquiring quarterbacks and what we want to do this is going to be through either trade, it's going to be either through the draft, or it's going to be either through free agency. And I think all those things are open for us, right? And like, you know, there are a lot of great options out there. And like young Keyshawn, man, like your dad's going to tell you have plan A, plan B, or you may go to Michael Jordan role, but you just got one plan. And it's plan A, but at the quarterback position, we certainly better be able to talk about a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, a plan D, um, how you can move forward and how you can go win, right? The most important part of all this thing, right? Like now, um, all those avenues are open um, and certainly everything comes into play and certainly it all comes into play on how the fit works and what's good for the fans and what's good for us. Um, But ultimately, at the end of the day, as your dad will tell you, it's about winning. Yeah. How how fast you think you could... uh, What... uh, what is this? What is this job for you, Raheem? Is it a rebuild? Is it a start? Like, what? What is the 
the plan? What what do you see in this division for you and the Atlanta Falcons? And Key, you already answered the question because you already know. Like I've, I've talked to you about this before, um, even just in the process, right? We talked about this and we talked about this team being ready to win because of the readiness that's been put in place by Terry and some of the staff members that are already here. And I, I don't want to discredit even some of the coaches that have left here that were a part of being a part of building some of the guys and, 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 and bringing in some of the people that we already mentioned. But even being here in the prior years, you talk about Grady, you talk about Jake Matthews, talk about Chris Lindstrom, Kayla McGarry, AJ Terrell, and you add in those, the young studs that your son knew and played with, played around and drafted on fantasy football leagues right now. It's like, this team is ready to win. And, you know, let's not let's not kid it. Right? We're quarterback away. I don't think that's a secret. I think we got to go and find out and put our guy in position to go have the most success and have the most chance to win that we can. Let's go find that guy. Let's put our heads together. Let's listen. Let's communicate. Let's get somebody that's a part of our Falcon ethos. Let's go out here and win games, man. Like, period. Whether you're in L.A. or you're in Atlanta, you know that. And, like, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Embrace that. What's the better city, L.A. or Atlanta? Man, you know, I have been fortunate to live in some great spots. And you were telling me about Atlanta. You were telling me about LA when I was in Tampa, like you said, when I was a baby. And I remember you running home every weekend um, just to go out there and get that sunshine and be a part of the, the, the life and be a part of what is out out there and, and the smooth, cool vibe. Um, but Atlanta uh, was home to me. And it was like coming back to this place and being able to be around um, people that you saw, familiar faces coming back to ownership group that you know well and you love and, and how could you pick um, anything over Atlanta with that kind of a background, that kind of a basis I'm going to. Although it was very much fun being your neighbor for, for, for three years. You, he's just sitting up here lying. You know damn well you'd rather be in LA than Atlanta, but that's okay. You're the Atlanta Falcons head coach, Keyshawn. Um, well, I just want to throw out that, you know, Justin Fields unfollowed everyone on the Bears, and he's now following a lot of Falcons players. So I'm just saying, I know you can't talk about it or anything, but Key, you, young Key, you, you talking Spanish to me and your daddy. We don't follow it's just, nobody. It's just social media stuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. I don't, just Raheem, social media stuff. I couldn't tell you the first thing about a TikTok or a TikTok or I nothing mean, else. I don't I'm with you. Nah. Not at, now you, not know, at all. you know you know a tic tac man. You you put you apply that to your tongue and suck. You know what that is. Right. So, damn yeah, silly. One, one last question before we get out of here. Um, so you were a part of the Washington coaching staff in 2013 that now has five current head coaches, including yourself, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Matt Lafleur, and Mike McDaniel's. Plus, Texas offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick. That coaching staff is pretty wild. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's really good. So I'm trying to figure out how did you guys go three and thirteen? Like, <laughs> oh man, you know the situations are always different. You know, the year before on um, that same staff, I believe we won ten games with the rookie RG three, and then things were able uh-huh. to just fall apart. Um, in that second year, and things went really bad, went really south for everybody, and that's how people got away. But uh, what people don't realize, there were more people even on that staff than that. Just that, you know, Aubrey Pleasant um, was on that staff as well, who's out in L.A. right now as the assistant head coach. Um, you had different guys in different walks of life from uh, both sides of the ball. I mean, when you talk about Jim Hazlitt at the time, who was his current head coach from the New Orleans Saints, uh, and he had been doing some really cool things. And Bobby Slow was working on defense at the time with us. Um, but being over there was kind of cool because you got a chance to reflect even going back further when Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan and some of those people were on the same team, the same thing in Keisha in, 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 in Tampa with your dad. 
right? And watch those people grow. Like, so I've been a part of some really cool trees, some good trees, whether it's been Mike Tomlin, Joe Barry, Rod Gardelli, Monty Kiffin, or whether it be Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, Mike LaFleur, wherever we were going to Atlanta. Um, that's been ultimately um, good coaches being around good people. Um, and when you do things the right way and you settle down and get that competitive urgency the right way, you got a chance to win. And the times that we didn't were the times that we had a chance to lose, Key. And um, you know how that is, man. You can't, you can be as good a coach as you want to be. If you don't have the players, um, you're not going to do it. Not to blame anybody, uh, but that's just the reality of it all, of uh, bringing it all together and tying all the stuff in together that takes, that it comes and takes with winning. Yeah, just, just remember, Raheem, when I text you or call you during the season, when I'm headed to Atlanta, I'm not sitting in the fucking stands. I'm just letting you know that I mean, now because I know you got I mean, a box. box. I know you got a box. box. And so box. I don't want to hear nothing. It's full. I, I'll I got you next time. I don't want to hear any of that. I don't even know why he's giving me all this unnecessary tough talk like I've ever told him, though. No, no, but, right? I, but I know. Like but he's it, showing I, off I, his just, podcast <laughs> followers. No, you know I just I mean? know. Like, and, and I, I, and I know. get that, right? Like, like Keyshawn has never, ever heard me say no to Keyshawn. Hey, Rob. Hey, I want to come to this game. Hey, Rob, I'm going to see you at the game. I don't go out, Keyshawn, but I'm going to come out to see you. And now he wants to give me all this tough talk. I just want to make sure. <laughs> and then give us that nice, beautiful smile. Man, set some good examples for your son and let him know <laughs> That we deeper than that, and, right. and you ain't the one can come sit in my box anytime they want to. All right, man. Well, thanks for joining me. I know you're at the combine. You got to go find some players to help Atlanta get it turned around in that weak ass division. Again, thank you, Raheem. Thank you so thank much. You, for thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us this morning. You knew we had to try to get the last word on, but as Keyshawn would say, hey, that people say your dad, you know, hey, hey, you couldn't run, Keyshawn, and Keyshawn say they don't pick you number one overall if you can't run. Well, it's the truth. If you can't run, <laughs> they don't pick you, especially at a skilled position. When I have you ever picked going. a dude that high get, that cannot I run? I had to get him going, young Keith. Little, I think. Man, please. Thanks, Thank Ryan. You. Go to work, man. Hey, Keyshawn was a dog. And uh, I can still see him get up with the bloody nose with the jet uniform on when he got hit by the safety, just me mugging the crowd. And, and, and that's, this, that's the Keyshawn I love. Not this one talking crap on podcast. All right, buddy. <laughs> Thank you that's so a, much for coming. All right, that's a wrap today. Again, my homeboy Raheem Morris joining the show. Don't forget to subscribe and follow All Facts Podcast on social media. Until then, Keyshawn, peace. <laughs> <laughs>